0: How's it? How's it going, bro? Yeah, great. How are you? Yeah, doing. Um... So, how's
1: about this coronavirus, huh? Yeah, good. All right. So today on the podcast, uh, we'll be looking at the film Jaxi. What podcast? Project A Plus, starring
0: uh, you, Hunter, and me, Hugh. How's your How's your shift at the factory? Did you have a shift at the factory?
1: I did not have a shift at the factory.
0: Ow. Oh. So, uh, how How have you been uh, in the last couple days? yeah fine have you been no no please go further I
1: watched the movie Jaxi Mm -hmm. what else that's all
0: but no you had to watch the else because of bonus features I didn't actually watch anything else (laughs) how could you no we can't have another one where I just talk forever
1: did you watch that much
0: I I didn't watch a ton but it seems like a ton when you haven't watched anything at all (laughs)
1: compared to zero (laughs) yeah that's fair I, I I like I, I wanted to, but, uh, but I didn't get a chance. You had plenty of time. I mean, I did have plenty of chances, but I opted to watch television.
0: Mm. Well, you'll have to talk about that during bonus features then. That's not going to make you do from now on. All right, so, uh, okay, Project A+, Hunter, Hugh, what are we doing today on the show? Jexy. What is Jexy? Uh, Jack
1: C. is an Adam Devine film Written and directed by the writers Of the original Hangover movie yep. Though not Hangover Part 2 Or 3
0: mm, Just the original one And also just the original uh, one. Bad Moms I think Indeed and Bad Moms at Christmas uh, No a Bad Moms Christmas Oh whatever uh, And the immortal uh, Classic 21 and over I don't know what that is it's the Immortal Classic, twenty-one or over. Ah, uh, okay. I thought that was obvious.
1: All right. So, shall we talk about Jaxi?
0: Um. Is there anything else you wanna? Do you want me to tell you how uh, I've been doing? Oh,
1: actually, yes. Yeah, sorry, 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 sorry. Record scratch.
0: Hey! <laughs> is that good?
1: Because I am such a considerate and kind person, mm. I am now going to allow you an opportunity to be as insensitive towards the recent death of a beloved pet as i was when the same thing happened to you but to me if that made any sense
0: no we, we,
1: what i mean okay. to say is a beloved pet was put down yesterday the wound is still fresh
0: Ah, oh, that's too bad and i
1: give you the opportunity to poke and prod at it before it heals
0: Nah, I'm good. I'm good. I don't. I, I don't know. I. I. You never talked about your pet before, so I don't have any material to to prod you on. You mean
1: I've never expressed hatred towards that pet because uh, I love that pet. Or loved. I uh, guess. I guess the love continues even even after death. Uh, so I love. I love my dead dog.
0: Yeah. I didn't even know you, that you had a dog until this very moment, so it's kind of hard for me to like um, pull out some mean things to say. Well, it's my parents' dog. Oh, that's too bad. I'm sorry that uh, that happened to you.
1: I I, I even went and um, helped select the dog, or at least helped pick it up. I was in the
0: car when my mum picked it up. Did you help select the place where it would be put down to, or just... No. See, I was being tasteless. You, mm. you just moved right past me sorry i'm a little offended ow zing there you go like i'll edit that together so it worked great
1: am i forgiven now <laughs> no does that make up for it no i no. think it really should because i've given you a chance to like
0: yeah but but again i, I don't you didn't have any material to to go on I, I don't know anything about this dog there's nothing nothing for me to be tasteless about it
1: no but you just did you just made a tasteless comment
0: no it wasn't that tasteless
1: where, like, in, in, the case, in your case, right, the only thing I knew about the dog before you told me the dog had died was that you hated it. Mm. That was literally the one thing I knew about it. So that, I thought that gave me some license to be, you know, somewhat disrespectful.
0: No, no. Uh, a heartless prick. Or a heartless prick,
1: but a heartless prick with a license.
0: Mm.
1: Whereas in my case, I had, I had genuine affection for this pet.
0: That's also a genuine affection for my dog.
1: None of which you expressed to me.
0: No, but we only talked about it like once, so...
1: And on that occasion, you literally said you hated all dogs because of your experience with this dog.
0: That's true. But that doesn't mean I hated that dog.
1: Doesn't it? Nope. Patient zero of your dog hatred virus doesn't mean you
0: hate you, that dog. You, people, people can have complicated emo- emotions that go beyond the simple black and white uh, things that you want uh, feelings that you want to assign them
1: I refuse to believe that people contain multitudes
0: mm, Well, they do sorry to disappoint you
1: what are you scraping and scrapping around with this time
0: nothing I'm not doing anything
1: put your hands in your pockets
0: no I'll do whatever I want. Uh, Jaxi. So, what, Hugh, what did we decide to watch for the podcast this week?
1: We decided to watch a film written and directed by the writers of the original Hangover movie, though not the two sequels that followed.
0: Now, b- by we decided, I mean, which movie did you force us both to watch this week?
1: I forced us to watch a movie called Jaxi, starring Adam Devine, written and directed by the writers of the original Hangover film, though not the two sequels
0: hmm and also the immortal classic uh 21 and over
1: and a bad mom at christmas
0: no no bad moms and then bad mom's christmas i think
1: no it was you corrected me it's a bad mom at christmas
0: no no a it's a a bad mom's christmas
1: a bad mom's christmas so we're both
0: wrong no i was Right. right you just misunderstood me no yeah that could never happen let's rewind the tape Speaking of uh, rewinding, I think we need to uh, issue a correction for the la- last week's episode. Really? Yeah, um, Hugh, I, I remember when we talked about. i just doing all uh, scratch. Uh, right? Uh, Hugh, per- when, we t- when we talked about um, the film uh, Jay and Silent Bomb reboot yesterday. Mm-hmm. Not yesterday, last week. Um, I, I suggested that there was a racist joke in the film that you denied the existence of. And yet, my investigations proved that, in fact, there was a racist joke in the film Jay and Silent Bob reboot.
1: That racist joke being?
0: That uh, one of the uh, characters pronounces the name Bloodman with a offensive, stereotypical Asian accent. And that is the locus for comedy.
1: Yes, so she says blunt man she she changes the L in blunt man to something that sounds more like an R Mm. in the matter of someone doing an offensive stereotype of a Japanese accent, even though the character purportedly was supposed to be Chinese
0: very interesting, you know, I I believe uh, I'm going to present my evidence to the court, okay? Mm
1: mhm I'm just
0: going to open up my cell phone
1: do you need me to text you first or ring you?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Um, let's see. Okay. Brunt <clears throat> man. Okay. Should I play it again?
1: One more time. man. It clearly does sound like she is saying brunt man.
0: No, I believe I have owed an apology from you and from Kevin Smith. I just want to
1: continue to explain this a little bit more for the listeners before I apologize. If it was supposed to be a parody of a stereotypical Chinese accent, then it would actually be the reverse. You would substitute an L for an R that would be in an English word. Um, the most offensive example of which is fried rice, right? Right coming from the Racism 101 handbook.
0: <laughs> Which you're well acquainted with.
1: So, curiously, this film uses what appears to be a Japanese stereotype instead. Mm-hmm. And I did, at one point, entertain the possibility when the evidence came to light that perhaps Kevin Smith was making a sophisticated joke about the fact that the white audience of this film or even the, the white characters in the scene would not have picked up the fact that this character who is actually a Russian spy is using the wrong Asian stereotype, right? Mm. So that could be a sophisticated joke that eventually plays off during the climax of this film. But in fact, I would say that it is too subtly drawn, if that was the case, to function that way. Mm. And uh, I, I have no good explanation for it. And I apologize for, for casting doubt over your interpretation. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, I haven't edited that episode. I could actually just include all this.
0: <laughs> um, no, it's okay. Well, That seems like work. Yeah. So this
1: will be the opening to the Jexy episode.
0: Mm. Yes. All right. So...
1: Jexy. To play this part. I'm a smartphone user, though I ain't that smart. Oh, Jacksy, I need you to give me a. So, Jaxi is a Adam Divine vehicle written and well, well, directed by the, I supposed to be the writers who, of the original uh... Hangover movie, They're not the, the next two Hangover movies, just the <laughs> original one.
0: And, and the immortal classic, uh, 21 and over. And a bad mom's Christmas. Yep. Did I get and it right? Bad, bad moms. Yep. And bad moms. And bad moms. Anyway,
1: those writers, now writer-directors, names are John Lucas and Scott Moore.
0: Hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, did I
1: say Adam? Adam Devine is in it. Adam Devine. We said Adam Have we ever Devine. established the correct pronunciation? We have not. All right. Let's go with
0: Devine. Um, I can look it up. Uh, if this clip from the uh, Tonight Show or the Late Show with Stephen Colbert is anything to go by, his name is Adam Devine. There we go. Great. There's a uh video that's recommended to me that says Adam Devine breaks out his most iconic characters. I can't imagine what those characters would be.
1: (coughs) The guy from Jexy?
0: (laughs) Should I tell you a little bit about the film Jexy?
1: Yeah, tell me about the film Jexy. Wait, is Jexy that film written by the guys who wrote the original Hangover movie, but not the subsequent sequels?
0: Yeah, and the Immortal Classic uh, 21... Jump Street. And also, A Bad Mom's Christmas.
1: Hmm. Oh yeah, I know who you mean. You mean John Lucas and Scott Moore. They usually just write the films, don't they?
0: I mean, not anymore. I, th- I feel like they've directed as many films as they've been credited as written. Oh, interesting. So one.
1: they also directed the film Jaxi that we're about to speak about.
0: Yeah, and also the films Bad Moms and A Bad Mom's Christmas and also oh, wow. 21 and over. There you go. Yeah. They directed four films, including Jaxi.
1: So they've had experience that they can bring to bear on this project.
0: Yes. So, Hugh, um, okay, I want you to close your eyes. Okay. Okay. Now picture in your mind Adam Divine. I can see him. Pretty cool guy, right? Yeah. Yeah, funny, likeable? Yeah. Okay, except not in the world of Jexy. What? In the world of Jexi, he is a loser. I'm struggling
1: to reconcile these, these two concepts.
0: Yeah, I know, it's it's hard to picture. He's a proto-Incel guy... He works at a BuzzFeed-esque list making um, uh, websites. Uh, He is addicted to his cell phone.
1: So, okay, I'm picturing San Francisco. Picturing this BuzzFeed-style office at which a loser version of Adam Devine works. I've got that down. Yes. What next?
0: He has two co-workers, one of whom is played by uh, Charlene Yee, and the other one is played by another actor whose name I don't know.
1: You mean Charlene Yee, the comedian who is underserved in Judd Apatow projects?
0: Mm, and every, almost everything else that she's been in?
1: And also, I'm picturing someone else. Maybe, is that the comedian and writer Ron Funches?
0: Yes, I, I guess so. <laughs> According to Wikipedia, it is.
1: Well, blow me down.
0: Okay. <sighs> did, that, did that work? No. Okay, uh, so uh, what where was I? Oh yeah, he's a loser. Um, but then he has a uh, comic tragic accident involving the woman who played Storm in in the X Men movies.
1: Is that who that was?
0: <laughs> yep, but not the X Men movie that you think I'm talking. You think I'm talking about? In fact, the new Storm from X Men Apocalypse and Dark Phoenix, Alexandra Ship and uh, she is a bike store owner that he comically runs into and then acts like an incel around. But uh, eventually, his phone gets all busted up, and uh, he needs to get a new one, so he goes to the store, and the store is run by Wanda Sykes, uh, who someone else who I feel like should be too good for a product like this, but, uh, you know, I mean, not to spoil my feelings towards the movie, but... (laughs) It's a little weird to see her just put into this role as a, you know, uh, I don't know, (laughs) store worker, retail store worker. So he gets a new phone, but the AI, instead of being a Siri, is a Jexy. Uh, And Jexy is unlike Siri, because Siri is a docile, sort of passive, um, you know... People know uh, what's serious. Uh, yeah, and Jexy on the other hand is aggressive and mean, and begins to bully uh, Adam Divine, whose character name is named Phil, uh, into making his life better. Uh, and then he does. He begins to date uh, <laughs> Alexandra Ship, uh, and you
1: mean they enter a relationship.
0: So they, start, so they start... So they start... see, And shape. they enter a relationship uh, after going to a Kid Cudi concert. Only Jexy has become possessive and decides to try to break them up. Um, and I feel like that's enough plot that I need to go over for now. Um, but needless to say, will Adam Divine uh, be able to overcome his um, cybernetic seductress and find true love with uh, this ship girl or will he be consigned to a lonely life of watching internet pornography about getting punched in the balls and um having sex with the cell phone by sticking its plug in really fast what do you think
1: uh what do i think of the movie jexie
0: Okay, Hugh, I'll put it like this. Do you think Jexy was better or worse than the movie Jay and Silent Bob Reboot?
1: Is that is that the scale that we're <laughs> committing to? <laughs> um, I
0: mean, you said you said you special correspondence was your least favorite, but I think uh we should go the last movie that we watched. That we hated. Or just the last movie we watched. The last movie that we watched.
1: <laughs> okay, that's a good that's a good idea. Yeah. So, on the scale of was this better than the last movie we watched Together for this podcast mm. This was better Okay <laughs> In my opinion Not because of anything inherent in the movie, Jaxi But just by virtue of the fact that it wasn't Jay and Silent Bob reboot It was a, it was a low bar to clear <laughs> Uh uh-huh. um, Now, is this a good film? You asking me? Mm, I'm asking the universe.
0: Oh, okay. What does the universe say?
1: And we're going to wait for a sign. <laughs> I'm getting something. No, no, it's not a good movie. It's not a good movie. That's that's confirmed. Mm. Just they they've just patched in. So we can put that aside. It's not a good movie. Even on the scale of Adam Devine movies, it's not, it's not a good movie. Mm. I derived more pleasure from the film when we first met. Is what i will saying. <laughs>
0: Okay, a terrible film.
1: Nonetheless, nonetheless, there is basically nothing I can say about this movie that can undo the fact that, for an embarrassing duration of its runtime, I had a big dumb smile on my big dumb face. Mm. There was even a moment when I rose to uh, replenish my supply of wine,
0: mm.
1: when I when I really took stock of my surroundings, mm. when I, when I thought I'm lucky to be here in this house at this time, which is a weird thing to experience during a global pandemic. But I have to give credit to this film. It, for some reason, made me take stock of my life. Uh-huh. And I don't know why... I don't know if that's because the film is terrible <laughs> <laughs> and my mind wandered elsewhere or that it it, it it filled me with hope. I don't know. I don't know what it was. But uh, I was just thinking, yeah, my toilet acts up. The faucets drip, as you Americans would say. I have to use lighters to light the hobs on my stovetop. But, you know, it's perfect and I'm I'm lucky to be here, you know. So whatever else we might say about the film Jexy during the course of this conversation, I I can't take that away from it. (laughs) Uh It's a bad film. It's a bad film. Yes, it's a bad film. It does nothing with the premise that it sets up. It just kind of peters out with a rather pathetic and incredibly implausible love story. The most implausible part of this film is not the technology that it is uh, hypothesising could exist in the future if this Siri business gets out of control. The most implausible part of this movie is that anyone, including the operating system, would find anything appealing about the character that Adam Devine plays beginning with a meet-cute in which he bumps into his supposed love interest in this film. His phone gets knocked out of his hand and he shows complete concern about the potential damage to his phone and no concern about the potential damage to the person he ran into who he will fall in love with over the course of this film. But that somehow leads to said love interest showing love interest in Adam Devine. I didn't understand that. And as always with these type of films, the romantic interest is not really afforded the luxury of having any character or personality to speak of. So her personality boils down to Adam Devine likes her, he finds her attractive, and she implausibly reciprocates those feelings.
0: She is a, as one might say, a manic pixie dream girl.
1: Not really. She doesn't really have any quirky personality traits. That's not true. (laughs) She owns a bike shop. That's about it.
0: Yeah. She talks about the fact that she threw her life away, Hugh. She wants to go to Brazil and and walk around it.
1: She's not a manic pixie dream girl.
0: Mm. I disagree.
1: Now, we know what I think about the film Jexy in relation to the film Jay and Silent Bob Reboot. But what do you think about the film Jackson in relation to the film Jay and Silent Bob Reboot? Did you prefer it, or do you yearn for the days where you watched Jay and Silent Bob Reboot?
0: I have to say, Hugh, I think these films are basically equal in my mind. Neck and neck. Yeah.
1: You have to choose though. You can't, you can't uh, 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 you
0: know, wimp out. I'll choose at some point. Because, Hugh, I will say that as terrible and unfunny as Jay and Silent Bob Reboot is, does have sort of a car crash vibe that made it almost compulsively watchable, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I did not have to consistently pause *Jay and Silent Bob Reboot* because I felt like I was dying inside. <laughs> you, you said you said Jexy made you <laughs> made you uh, uh, <laughs> consider your life around you, made you happy to be alive, as it were, mm-hmm. to appreciate the things around you. I'm gonna text you a picture that I took while I was watching uh Jexy, just to give you an idea of where my headspace was at, okay? <laughs> Does that look like a photo that a sane person would take yeah. you? <laughs> Please tell the uh uh audience what this this picture is of me doing.
1: Is a picture of you with your hand uh approximating a gun mm-hmm. pointed directly into your mouth.
0: Mm. Is, would you describe my hair as normal-looking, or would you describe it as someone who's been pulling his hair for uh, 80 minutes?
1: Well, I don't know what your normal-looking hair is since 2017.
0: It looks less crazy than that.
1: Okay. Yeah,
0: your hair looks a little wild. But, Hugh, you know, I will grant Jexy this, versus the entire pop reboot. Jexy is a mere 85 minutes long with credits, so really 80 minutes long.
1: Mm-hmm
0: while Jay and Silent Bob Reboot is an hour and 45 minutes. <laughs> That's not nothing. <laughs> but, Jexy did feel like a longer movie, but I will also say that there are more parts where I was laughing at Jexy than I laughed at Jay and Silent Bob Reboot, mm. which we'll talk about. So, I guess if I were... F- if, if, if the question is, which one is better? They're both awful, but I will say that Jexy. Has a certain competence in the way that it's filmed. Hmm. Uh, even if it's deliriously unpunny So, uh, I guess I'd give the edge to Jexy. Hmm. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, this movie was uh, absolutely god-awful. Um, Adam Divide has anti-charisma, I think. <laughs> That's how I would describe it.
1: See, I, I thought the same when I first came into contact, as it were, or as it weren't, really, with Adam Devine um, in the film when we first met. Like, when you first met like, Adam Devine. I found horrendously... Yeah, when I first met Adam Devine. I found him horrendously off-putting and unfunny, but over the course of that film, he won me over somehow. <laughs> mm, that's insane. Um, that didn't really happen in this film. So whatever charm he's able to exude... Uh, it is not really evident in Jexy.
0: <laughs> I thought this film, uh, you know, it's all the same uh, tropes that you'd expect in a shitty romantic comedy. In that, you know, uh, every, all the uh, people of color are just objects to indicate, uh, you know, uh, uh, Phil's level of, uh, you know, becoming a better person and, as opposed to people with their own lives. Uh, I thought the the message that it gave, which is where Phil gets basically gets bullied into be more of a man, I thought was pretty noxious. Mm. Uh, I thought it was uh, uh, the the chemistry between uh, Adam Devine, who looks like he's in his his late uh, let's see let's say he looks like he's forty, okay. He's thirty six. Yeah, but let's say he looks like he's forty. Yes. And Alexandra Ship, who is twenty six but looks a little bit younger, I'd say. I thought well, there was a creepy element to it that was never quite acknowledged by the the film. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that I did I thought was off putting, and they didn't really have any chemistry. Um, and uh, I thought the like <laughs> the stuff with Jexy, the AI was just completely terrible, and I hated it. And uh, I, I, this movie is just it's just it's just god awful.
1: Yeah, I mean, you've already alluded to this, but. The cast is insane for such a terrible, like, nothing movie. Yes. Adam Devine aside, like, Adam Devine, I guess, yeah fits. It makes sense that he's in this movie. Yes. Alexandra Shipp is a rising star, but her star isn't that big at this particular juncture. So you can imagine her being attached to this project. But then we've also got Michael Peña for some reason. Yeah. Rose Byrne is the voice of Jaxi.
0: (laughs) I mean, I could could see why she would do it, because presumably she got paid off. a decent amount of money to do you know for doing
1: absolutely nothing yeah Yeah. um but yeah and then we've then we've got uh charlene yi and and ron Funches who are quite big in the comedy world we've got wanda sykes we've got kid (laughs) cuddy
0: this movie kind of gave me uh what was that should he always be my baby vibes yeah a little bit yeah and it Uh, was set in san francisco as well so yeah uh, but that movie is, is not good, but it's better than this. Much better than this. I, I thought, I, the part of this movie in that, okay, I the, there there were several, the parts that I laughed at were, there's nothing in the in the content of the film that made me laugh, really. Nothing in the, the narrative or the jokes that were being said, okay? Mm. But th- there are two elements, there are two formal elements of this film that I thought were hilarious. <laughs> maybe maybe three, I'll go with three, okay? One, two of them are kind of interrelated. One is the fact that, for some reason, this film has an uh, extremely washed-out color palette. I don't know if you noticed this in, your, uh, in the stream you watched.
1: No. No, I didn't notice that at all. In fact, some of the scenes had, had vibrant colors, I thought.
0: Well, I, I, I don't know about that, but watching it on uh, in 4K, <laughs> uh, the colors seemed very washed-out. And there is something very strange about the fact that the directors chose to shoot most of the scenes using, like, handheld camera work mm-hmm. the overall effect was I was like it really made me think of like a, a Jason Bourne movie at times <laughs> <laughs> which I, which like I, I just can't think of anything less conducive to comedy than that mm. uh, I was very it was a very uh, uh, odd um, aesthetic decision mm. so uh, that made me laugh uh, the part that I really started hysterically laughing at is the fact that I would say a good twenty percent of this movie is musical montage, <laughs> 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 to the point where it's like almost absurd how many like parts of the film they are like okay time for another you know montage of them him dancing around while a generic pop song plays, <laughs> which leads me to the third point that also made me laugh was the the music of this film just felt like it just felt like the most like generic like stock music tones you know. Mm. <laughs> It, uh, there's something really abusive to me. It almost felt like a computer had made this movie in a way, you know, where I just felt like, uh, okay, now it's time for another musical montage. Now I'm gonna auto generate some music to put it under this scene.
1: What's weird to me is that I I remember when the trailer came out, and we both feverishly
0: <laughs> <Mastering>. consumed it.
1: <laughs> yes, yes, both one and the same. Yeah, I remember when the trailer came out and we both watched it my perception of the story of the film was that it was a straight-down-the-line her knockoff with more of a comedic Adam Devine bent, right? And that he would have some relationship with the Jexy uh, character where they're, they're, it's reciprocal. It's not just that she's a psycho computer.
0: Yeah.
1: Right. That was, that was my feeling of the film, and that, that that would be the main story, and then maybe he would learn it's not healthy and find someone else to love or something, mm. right? But, like, it's barely part of the film in a way. Like, yeah. it's sort of like.
0: It really is. The isn't. ultimate
1: story is that, like, he falls for this woman that he met anyway without Jaxie's help. In fact, Jaxie nearly sabotages the relationship at several junctures. So but but she does really also. Do
0: she does also land him in bed. Yeah. She, she helps.
1: I don't know if I said this on the last podcast in which we discussed Adam Devine at length, but <laughs> he seems to me all I can think about with the way he looks. Not to body shame him too much, but <laughs> he looks to me like my idea of a jock, right? Mm. Wearing one of those sort of football jerseys, <laughs> like a, a Channing Tatum type physically. Yeah. But someone has messed around with the sliders in a character creation video game section. <laughs> uh-huh. And made him like too short, a little too pudgy.
0: <laughs> yep. And yeah, sort of forced him face.
1: down the route of <laughs> mugging comedy. Yeah, uh,
0: that's, that's Adam fair. Devine's career, basically. That's fair. Uh, okay,
1: apparently, he had like a, a traumatic and uh, very serious uh, accident as a child, and he was wheelchair bound for several years, not to relearn to walk. And he possesses scars on the legs that we never see, although we do see his bare legs in this film.
0: They must have CGI'd them off. They must have. Uh, kind of, this movie's gender politics are basically like. Not even updated from swingers.
1: Oh yeah, I was, I was actually gonna mention that as well. I actually kind of like the fact that this film is so out of step with <laughs> <laughs> the current state of, of comedy.
0: Or dating or anything. Or anything, yeah. <laughs> Which is funny because it's pitching itself as like you know, the cutting edge. But like basically so, this
1: film could have made could have been made exactly the same ten years ago.
0: Yeah, pretty much. Uh, there's that th- another bit that I, I thought was funny where uh, uh, Alexandra Ship is describing Adam Divine and she's like oh you're smart funny and cute and I was like what the fuck are you talking about <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean not not to not to like you know shame Adam Divine or whatever uh, but like I mean what what evidence does she have that he's anything like that
1: aside from creepy like he's only yeah. acted creepy towards her so far <laughs> yeah.
0: I mean, it's just because, you know, she's a, 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 a love object and not a person. But, you know, I thought I that thought the, the, his friends at work, I thought that, that whole subplot was so laughable. Because it's like, they, they treat him like shit. And then he's like, oh, I guess I'll be part of your kickball team. And then they still treat him like shit. And then it's like, okay, we're best buds now.
1: Only when he demonstrates his prowess on the kickball
0: field. Yeah. Remember. Only when he stops being a dumb cuck and becomes an alpha. <laughs> did, I, did I interpret that correctly? Yeah, that's right. Uh, and also, another another thing about this movie being out of touch is like all the fucking uh, Days of Thunder shit. Like, what? Mm. You, who even wa- who watches Days of Thunder? <laughs> I barely even know what it is. Like,
1: <laughs> It's the film that united.
0: I know what it is. I'm not. I know. Tom Cruise. You, know, and- you know tell me
1: What's her name?
0: Nicole (laughs) (laughs) Kid. (laughs) Nicole (laughs) Kid. The BMX Bandit. (laughs) Indeed. Uh, It's so... Why why is Adam Devine, like, chosen as the lead for male-centric romantic comedies? It's just because, like, the the studios think that it'll be relatable. Well, and
1: he was also the object in the female-centered romantic comedy... uh, Isn't It Romantic?
0: Yeah. Well, let's go... Why? Why is this... With his frequent
1: sparring partner... Uh, Rebel Wilson.
0: Yeah, from the Pitch Perfect movies. Mm-hmm. So I just don't understand what about him screams romantic comedy lead. Nor do I.
1: <laughs> Moving on.
0: <laughs> it's just a, a terrible movie that no one should watch. Would you agree with that statement?
1: I wouldn't say no one should watch it.
0: No, it should it it should be like it's all definitely the a terrible nope. movie, but
1: it might make you appreciate your life all the more, as it did for me.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's all. That's only for a negative uh, example. Perhaps, <laughs> but that movie. was
1: a that was a an experience that's worth having, right?
0: Yeah, it's not not how I thought. Jaxi, it.
1: proceed to bonus features. I didn't watch any films this week i thought about it i intended to but i didn't
0: you didn't what what tv shows have you wasted your your time on
1: i watched the whole first season of future man
0: mm, why i don't know <laughs> moving on uh, are you are you, gonna, are you gonna watch the subsequent seasons of future man? Uh, they're
1: not available to me yet even though two uh, more have been made
0: what did you th- what, what, what 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 series of events conspired to make you choose to sit down and, and this is I think a, a unique experience that no one else in the world has had to to sit down in front of your computer or your television screen and be like yes okay now I'm gonna am <laughs> gonna watch the TV show Future Man a show that barely <laughs> exists. <laughs> um,
1: I. I don't know why I I watched it. Uh, I remember reading. I had some dim recollection of reading a positive review of it at one point in my life, right? (laughs) Uh, So I thought I'd try it. mm. And it ended up being not good, not good, but watchable enough that I was able to sustain myself throughout the whole season on it, as it were. And it felt like the type of show that I would have stumbled upon in my teenage years late at night. And going, yeah, this will do. And then ended up watching it every week.
0: I'm just, I'm so confused why someone is like Future Man deserves three seasons. Isn't that weird? I, I, I'm waiting for
1: the next two seasons. I'm excited.
0: It has no cultural footprint at all. It's so weird. All right. Well, I watched a couple of movies. Uh, only one of which was uh, Godzilla themed this week. Hmm. This is this is, is going to be a, a curtain call on uh, the, the Big G-Man for a bit. Because uh, I watched the final film in the a series of Godzilla films, which is called Terror of Mechagodzilla. Mm-hmm. Um, which brought back uh, Ishiro Honda to direct one final Godzilla film, and indeed one final film in his career. You know, before the series went away for about ten years and then came back. Um, Now, this movie, uh, you know, at first you're afraid it's going to be a retread of the previous Godzilla film, Godzilla vs. Godzilla, but it is about 100 times better than that film, not 100 times, but it is substantially better than that film, uh, because it is very weird, has a lot of odd plot elements, including that bizarre photo, including the sequence of events that leads to that bizarre sequence of photos that I tweeted out, uh, where the man is caressing the woman and says, I love you even though you're a cyborg. Very strange stuff. Uh, and Honda sort of brings back some of the more, I mean, this film doesn't have any metaphorical resonances necessarily, but it it reduces the monsters to a more human scale than the more sort of wacky and zany and blockbustery uh, uh, Godzilla movies, which were basically the last, you know, five or six movies had been, um, by sort of, you know, emphasizing the fact that there are people being and the buildings that are being destroyed and, you know, showing crowds running away and stuff like that. And it's pretty effective. Uh, it's just a good, fun time of the movies. Um, and I really liked it a lot. That's Terror of Mecha Um, Then after that, I watched the first uh, of the original Mobile Suit Gundam movies, which oh. were contem- uh, compilations of the television series Mobile Suit Gundam. Um, that they uh, basically edited down into a two-and-a-half-hour movie with and added some extra footage to make it seamless and stuff like that. Uh, and I love Mobile Suit Gundam, and as a result, I love this movie. I don't know if it's totally necessary to watch it uh, if you're going to watch the series, but I'm going to start watching the sequel series to Mobile Suit Gundam, uh, Mobile Suit Gundam Zeta, uh, and I wanted a refresher on the events of the original series, and instead of watching the 50-some you know, long episode series again, I decided I'd watch this movie. Uh, it's great. There's some great mecha combat, uh, and it does a very good job of condensing the series down to a more digestible version, I think. Uh, and I also watched uh, Zai Gen Un Er <laughs> uh which is uh, a Seijun Suzuki film that was made after he got the axe from Nikatsu. Uh, and it seems like kind of an original film, both in his career and in uh, Jap- Japanese filmmaking as a whole, uh, in that, um, at least as Tony Reigns puts it on the Blu-ray that I purchased, uh, it sort of represented one of the first um, independent art films that didn't have any genre elements in it at all, that sort of pushed a lot of boundaries in terms of its length, in terms of its like, subject matter, and, and stuff like that. Uh, and so as a result, it kind of is a break from Suzuki's past as, like, a genre stylist. Uh, Even though there's plenty of style here, it's more to the service of, uh, you know, something that feels closer to a European art film at times, um, which is not to say Suzuki feels like he is, um, you know, westernizing himself at all or anything like that, but there's a sort of uh, degree of ambition uh, artistic ambiguity that runs through this film that, um, you know, is is uh, dissimilar from a lot of the non uh, arty or you know more uh, genre focused um, films that he was making at the time or before this, uh, and the film had sort of an interesting distribution in that because of the way that Suzuki was terminated from his contract under the major theater chains which are all owned by studios uh, at the time wanted to show it. So the producer uh, basically built this plastic dome on top of one of Japan's, uh, uh, like most famous department stores and played the movie that way. <laughs> so that was pretty interesting. Wow. Uh, yeah. Was uh, that successful? Apparently. Cause he was able to, wow. it was such a success that he was able to make to, you know, make two other films in this, in the so-called Taisho trilogy, uh, which mm. also, and both of those had bigger budgets than this film does. Um, But for the film itself, it's this very sort of strange historical drama uh, about these two men, um, one of whom is this very sort of, like, uh, dry um, professor German at this military academy. The other one who's this more, like, wild and, um, you know, id-focused, I don't know, uh, wonder guy... (laughs) The film is, is pretty elliptical. It doesn't give you a lot of like straight narrative to hold on to necessarily. But mm-hmm. it's basically about them and then the women that are in their lives. Um, and uh, it's really strange. It has some extremely disgusting imagery, I think. Um, like there's this one incredibly bizarre scene where the German professor's uh, wife um, basically cheats on him with the, the other man. Uh, and the way that they showed us this scene that is, that I would say, goes on for, or shot that goes on for a minute or more, where uh, <laughs> uh, the, the wild man gets a mote of dust in his eye, and uh, the juror professor's wife uh, licks it out <laughs> in graphic detail, <laughs> and it's just this close-up of uh, this woman licking this man's eye, <laughs> which is just so gross, and the, it, the film is sort of it has moments where it's kind of dry, but that almost works to make the more surrealistic imagery, which is the film was like wintered with, um, even more powerful in a way because it, it seems like a, it seems like images that shouldn't be where they are. It should they should be in this type of film, you know.
1: That's um, almost like some of uh, Takashi Miike's films.
0: Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, it's not quite as like graphic as those films are to be sure, but yeah, it, it kind of fits in that, I guess. Um, but I really liked it a lot, even if I can't, I don't really know if it's trying to say anything or what I to say, but just this sort of weird, horror, erotic atmosphere that Suzuki conjures is more than enough for me to give this uh, a very high recommendation. And uh, hmm. it's just very strange and gross. And What's the name of the film again? <laughs> Zygunnerweizen. Uh, <laughs> it's a German word.
1: Which is, which means
0: what? Uh, it means like gypsy dance or something like that. Uh, it's okay. the, it refers to a record that's in the film that plays a right, right, right. uh, sort of important important role. It is like it occurs in the film. Um, but I would I would definitely recommend watching it. I really enjoyed it a lot, um, and I was kind of like worried going into it because I was like, you know, the things that I like about Suzuki are how he sort of pushes boundaries in terms of like genre fare. And, you know, I was kind of like, okay, well, if you give them sort of a more, you know, respectable genre, it just makes it sort of like, you know, a little dry and, and boring in an art house way. But that's definitely not the case. So <laughs> good stuff. Uh, and then I have one other movie that I watched, which is an independent American horror film called Deadbeat at Dawn, uh, which was made in the 1980s by a director, writer slash star and producer, I guess, named Jim Van Bieber. Uh, he was this guy from Dayton, Ohio, which is just like this Rust Belt city in, in, Ohio. America, in Ohio. You know, it's sort of like, you know, Ohio, Ohio, Ohio. Are you finished?
1: Cleveland Rocks, Cleveland Rocks, Cleveland Rocks, Cleveland Rocks.
0: Ohio, Ohio, Ohio.
1: Yeah,
0: I'm finished. Yeah, okay, so it's kind of just like a. On one hand, it just feels sort of like a Warriors like pastiche in a way mm-hmm. it's about this like, you know, gang leader who, uh, tries to quit his gang and then the gangs unify. And then he's like, they kill his girlfriend. And he has to go and join up with them again, and then he kills them all. Obviously, the narrative is not the strong point of this film. What uh, is the strong point is this film is this, very. Uh, like grungy atmosphere. You know, it's just. It's just a great sort of almost, like, documentary of, of this, like, you know, horrible, uh, you know, again, like, post-industrial wasteland, uh, the fact that the movie is extremely violent and gory, it has these, like, great practical, like, gore effects, all of which were, like, homemade by the, uh, director, uh, and it's just, it just has this, like, gross, like, funk atmosphere that I, I really liked a lot, so that's Deadbeat at Dawn. Mm. Um... And that's the podcast, I think, unless you have anything else here to talk about. Nope. Um,